Welcome to Shots Aside Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm here with my guests, Al, Adam and Matt. We have three more weeks left in the regular season where we're going to get into some of our NBA storylines. We'll do a mock draft and talk about this year's draft prospects as we get towards the end of March Madness. Moving from draft prospects, we're going to get talk about our Coach of the Year candidates and our NBA Power Rankings 3.0. We'll also taking a look at our players of the week, upcoming upcoming games, and some other NBA news to get you caught up on the association. Stay tuned at the end of the pod where we're going to uh, do our game show, The Lightning Round. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Shots Aside. And send us some ideas, questions, and talking points at our Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. I will also hopefully be posting some YouTube content on our site this coming week. But with that being said, let's jump right into some of our NBA storylines for the week. Um, so jumping right in, I just want to talk about uh, the scoring title tracker that we have going on between LeBron, uh, Joel Embiid, and Giannis. Um, I think LeBron's leading it with 29.76 points per game. And then Embiid and Giannis have 29.7 and 29.72. So, and I think the Lakers and Philly both have nine games left while Milwaukee has eight games left. So it's going to be a tight race. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I think for sure LeBron's got this locked up. It's not not a lock, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I'd say, I mean... Considering how bad the Lakers are when he doesn't score 40-plus points, I'd say he has to score, so he probably does have it locked up. Pretty impressive for year 37. Yeah, I just don't I don't see him getting the, the scoring title. Um, I mean, good effort, but um, I think Embiid or Giannis has a better chance at, at obtaining this. Which one of the out of those two would you think would win it between Embiid and Giannis? If I, it's not LeBron. You know, I would say probably Embiid. I think Embiid's been having a great year. I think he can he can keep up this this scoring throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I hope both of them do good. Because like I got I got LeBron and Embiid on my fantasy team, so like if both of them do do good, I'm fine with that. <laughs> True, true. We also have to keep in mind LeBron Hunt's stats at the end of blowouts, too. So, you know, I mean, he learns it from Russell Westbrook. <laughs> it's a terrible comparison. We also have, so with Memphis, some big news in Memphis right now. Um, John ja Morant out two weeks at least with a sore knee. He could be back for the last week before playoffs starts, per Shams of the Athletic Post. Um, we'll also talk about some of these injuries later in this segment, but I thought this is huge news for for Memphis. I know they've been doing you know really good without Jaw. I think they have like a twenty one and four record without Jaw on the court. So I don't really have any problems necessarily with like them not having Jaw on the court towards the end of the year. But if this continues into playoffs, I think this might cause some concerns. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, right now it probably doesn't matter because I think uh, they're kind of 
rolling right now, and they got a lot of good depth at the guard position with Tyus is a pretty good backup point guard in the league. And then they got scoring with Melton, too. But I think in the playoffs, you would definitely see the lack of John Morant there would hurt them. Yeah, I, I think I can kind of compare this to the CP3 injury. Um, I mean, obviously, like, you, you want him on the floor, but I, I think they just have a great team that they, they can go a, a little span of time without him. And, I mean, if you can rest him up as much as possible before the playoffs, it's only going to better benefit them. So I, I, I don't see it as a problem for the – Grizzlies going forward. All right, and other big news around the NBA um, for the New York Nets and the New York Knicks. Mayor Adams from New York has lifted the mandate finally that allows Kyrie to play for the Nets to get ready for the playoffs and for my fantasy basketball team. So that's positive news coming out of New York. I think. Uh, the Nets are now poised to make a deep run into the playoffs if everybody stays healthy. What are you guys' thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I think it's going to be great for um, New York, or the Nets, to get their star back to play every single game. I mean, they're definitely going to need Kyrie to play all all the playoff games, not just the home games. So this is huge for, for the Nets. And I think going forward, it's only going to propel them further into the playoffs, knowing that Kyrie is going to be playing all the games, if not most of them. Yeah, I think it, you look at this and you see, I mean, if I'm a playoff team in the East, I know Brooklyn's right now right now an A seed, so they would probably play the number one seed, which currently is held by Boston as they just took over Miami. Um, but if, if you don't have Kyrie in that lineup for Brooklyn, uh, they're a totally different team where you can isolate on a Kevin Durant and just worry about one star instead of worrying about, you know, you have to deal with Kyrie now for, I mean, unless you're playing Toronto because Kyrie can still not play in Toronto. We'll talk about that later as well, but um, it's huge for Brooklyn just to have, you know, some help for KD to kind of get through this regular season and make it into the playoffs. And then also once they get into playoffs, they're, they're definitely a contender now, even though they're in the A seed. Yeah, that now it's basically a race for who doesn't play Brooklyn at the top of the standings. Right. It seems like every yep. team's trying to not intentionally lose, but maybe not try their hardest to win games. <laughs> That's why you're seeing a lot of jumbling up at the top, too. Like, Boston just took over the one seed. Miami's slipping a little bit. Milwaukee's holding some players out with Giannis and, uh, and Drew Holiday and Middleton. Um, you got Philly yeah. trying to lose games too because Embiid's been sitting, James Harden's <laughs> sitting. Uh, Chicago's just dropping in general. I just think they're not playing as good uh, of team basketball. Um, I think the only yeah. team in the East right now that's trying to win games is Toronto because they just want to make sure that they're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I think it kind of goes to show like how other teams think of the Nets too is that they're clearly a good team too because no one wants to play them in the first round. Exactly. No. I mean, just just like I said on the last podcast, I I had the feeling that the East would shake up quite a bit, and I still I still see the Nets more than likely getting that sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. 
So, and I, who knows what the, the end uh, standings will be, but I'm sure it'll shake up even some more. Yeah, we had some uh, news out of Miami uh, this week. Adam, you want to touch base on that? Oh, yep, yep, that is right. I, I remember seeing uh, the uh, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra uh, confrontation. That was um, pretty entertaining to watch, but I, I don't think it's going to be too big of a an issue in Miami because it's just a bunch of competitors on that team. Um, they, they all want to win, and... I mean, when you got an alpha dog like like Jimmy Butler, like he's gonna he's gonna speak his mind, um, regardless of if it's good or bad. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we saw some of that firsthand in Minnesota that Jimmy likes to win, and even if you got a butt head with teammates at times, it can be for the best for the team. Also, just I don't know if you guys watched the Brooklyn game yesterday. That they played, um, they didn't play great in the game, but uh, I think that come playoff time, that anger will towards turn towards wins. Yep. I mean, right now Miami's in that two so- spot behind Boston now since they beat they. I mean, we're recording this on Sunday, so we just got done with the Minnesota Timberwolves just absolutely laying a dud against Boston today. So Boston with that win. <laughs> They jump up to the number one seed, which means if Brooklyn wins that seven eight play in game, they'd be the seventh seed and they'd play Miami. So, I mean, I think a lot of that frustration that we've seen has boiled over. I don't know if you guys got to catch uh, the game yesterday with Miami. They were, I think, they lost by like thirty again too. So they've been. Yeah, it didn't look good. Yeah, it's a Brooklyn. That's what that's what I was gonna bring up is like that you guys see like the fast break layup by Drummond where he did like the peace sign and why he's going up for it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yep, yep. You never want Drummond giving you a peace sign after a fast break layup. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the Tyree Hill. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, even Spolsha, like even in that interview that I was watching, he said, you know, everything that happened in that huddle when we cut that 19 point lead is more to our personality. And then also I saw a little interview with uh, Kyle Lowry where he said um, that Miami's just tough, competitive guys. And it's good sometimes to get some of that anger and frustration out. I still don't think they've gotten all that frustration out though. It seems like it's still pouring into these next, you know, couple games that I've seen out of them. So I'm still kind of waiting for them to kind of bring it back together. You know, Tyler Hero has kind of been slumping a little bit. Uh, you're not seeing the full Bam Adebayo show where you saw it in the bubble against, you know, L.A. when they went on that run and everything. So it's not looking yeah, it's not looking, good. it's not looking great in Miami right now. They've also not really had, like, the their full team for, like, a lot of the years because Jimmy's been sitting out, like, every other week and then – Lowry's had he had the, I think he's been out with like a personal issue at times during this year. I think they kind of need to get their continuity back. Yeah. Right, and playoffs can be a totally different story too. Like we know what to expect from this team. So, I mean, I think by playoffs time, you know, in a couple more weeks, you, I think we're seeing a totally different team out of this Miami Heat team. So, I'm not, you know, hitting the alarm bell just yet. But it's certainly something to be, you know, to cause some pause into kind of what you think about Miami. 
Definitely. Um, so I just want to touch base on just some stuff that the NBA has released uh, newly. Um, so uh, they have a new uh, NBA watch party that's connected to NBA League Pass. So with this, you can watch games together with your family, friends, and fans, and just like basically just talk about the game with them while watching the game. So it's kind of a new addition thing that they've kind of added to it, which I think is great. I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but I mean, we've done it before. We watch games, and it's fun to just watch games and, and talk about the game with your friends and family and whatnot. So now that you can do this, you know, online, instead of having to go over to that person's house every day, you can just do it online, which is a cool little new accessory they've added. Yeah, definitely. I think the NBA does a good job of kind of evolving towards its fan base and catering towards making things as accessible as possible to fans of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll love to see the NBA just continue to grow and, and try new things, and, and you have to in order to keep growing. So I, I think this is going to be an awesome opportunity for fans and the NBA. Yeah, I, I just saw something the other day that, like, of the major, like, awards for the NBA, like, most of the players that are in the top five are foreign players just, like, showing, like, what a global brand that the NBA has become. Yep. I mean, Luca. Luca just put a stamp on that. I mean, he's the best Euro player in the NBA, and there's there's only going to be more to come. Luca, Giannis, yeah. Embiid, Jokic, all four of those overseas nope, guys. We got about Jokic. So, <laughs> yeah, it just shows what the NBA has been trying to do over the years. You know, it's you can't say that much in the past, but I think now it's it's broadening up to a worldwide game and. I mean, fans are going to enjoy it that much more, I think. 100% agree, yep. Definitely. And looking forward to the playoffs, um, we've seen some things getting heating up, like kind of circling back to the heat thing. Like tempers are starting to flare a little bit, and the NBA has started to crack down with some fines for players over this past week. I know um, Pat Bev and George Hill got fined for their – they're double tech in their game against each other. Nurkic with throwing that fan's phone got a 40k yeah. fine. Draymond and Julius Randle got fined for incidents with officials. So I think it kind of just goes to show that the NBA players are feeling the ramp up of the playoffs coming up just as much as the fans are seeing it. Exactly. Yep. Definitely getting ready for uh playoff basketball i mean we'll see i don't, I don't want to see the refs control the games like they did the people's game <laughs> but um uh, yeah they gotta they gotta call it fair so i mean we'll see how they they call things in the playoffs but i'm sure there's going to be a lot more um fine throughout the season yeah me and yeah. me and adam have been to i think the last three home games for the timberwolves and we've witnessed already like 11 technicals in all three of those games. Um, Matt, you talked about some of the fines that have gone on in the NBA so far. So, yeah, you can definitely see that the you know intensity of getting closer to the playoffs is really taking its toll on these players and also these refs. So 
it's it's an exciting time for the NBA. You know, we're getting closer to the time that we want. You know, late April, early April, May, June. This is the time of the the you know time of the season where we love to see NBA basketball. Absolutely. With uh, seating on the line, too, some of these games are starting to feel like playoff games, too. Speaking of the playoffs, um, that won't be the case for the Kings this year, as Sabonis looks like he's going to be out for the next 10 days, as well as De'Aaron Fox is out. I'm not sure. I think he's more day-to-day, but um, with Sabonis out for 10 days, I mean, basically you can just put a – giant weight in their ship and sink it to the bottom because they're going nowhere this year. <laughs> yeah, I think De'Aaron nope. Fox knows that without Sabonis, they have absolutely no chance of trying to make the playoffs. I think they're pretty close of actually being eliminated, too. They're tied with Portland right now with 27 wins. They're still still about four and a half, five and a half, no. Yeah, five and a half games back of uh, New Orleans, which is who has a 10 seed, so it's basically over for Sacramento. I think they're just trying to book it in at this point. Although they they did look good yesterday. I think they played Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Then Davion Mitchell hit a buzzer beater to send it into OT. That was a pretty fun game. But more for next year than this year. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Mitchell has been looking very well. Very, very, very good for the last, what, five, six games since those injuries arose, yeah. and I mean, he's been looking really nice. Yeah, I think the Halburn trade is starting to make a little bit more sense. I don't know if I still love it, but we'll see next year. <laughs> yeah, we'll see next year. But yeah, moving on, um, Towns and Tatum getting the Player of the Week, respectively, for the second time this year. Actually, last time that they got it, both of them. Um, got player of the week as well that's pretty exciting to see towns get another play of the week um especially for minnesota um let's see if he can keep things up um we're going to need more player of the weeks from uh cat to move on further in the playoff race and then you got tatum moving up in the mvp ladder um he's been looking phenomenal moving boston into the number one seed you said yep yeah, that's that's pretty big. Um, if Tatum can keep this up, um, I think I think they're going to be a, a tough matchup in the playoffs in the East. Yeah, yeah both these players. Big shout out to these guys. Um, just want to give a standing ovation for them. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, the, both those players have really shown and taken a big leap from, you know, I remember like a year ago, two years ago, we were talking about how Tatum's not living up to his expectations in Boston. Cat's not living up to his expectations in Minnesota. Both these teams are struggling that they're playing for. You know, they're not getting far in the playoffs. And it's shown how good these both these players can be to kind of revamp their teams and, and lead them higher up in the playoff standings. I know Timberwolves aren't as high as they probably want to be, but it just shows that Boston with Tatum as their best player, they can be a top seed after a struggle early on in the first half of the season. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, Ta- Towns is getting there with this T-Wolves team. I don't think they are quite as good as the Celtics are or have been with Tatum. I think Tatum is kind of moving into that new superstar-type range where yeah, I, I would probably put him in my top ten for players in the league right now. Totally agree. I don't know if Towns is quite there yet, but I think the T-Wolves are moving in the right direction at the very least. Speaking of moving in the right direction, Devin Booker had a 49-point performance on the anniversary of his 70-point game. I I enjoyed seeing that game, especially seeing Chris Paul come back to the team, um, also having a phenomenal game. The Suns are, are looking like the team to beat in the Western Conference, if not in the NBA. So I, I think all things aside, I think the Suns are looking phenomenal right now. Yeah, I'd have to agree. They're absolutely the team to beat right now in the NBA with Chris Paul back. He didn't look like he missed a beat while he was out. Not at all. No. I mean, it couldn't have came at a better time, too, to have Chris Paul back. And who would have guessed in first game back with Chris Paul that Devin Booker would have gone off for probably one of his best games this year? I mean, he had to on, on the anniversary of seven 70-point game. I mean, he's got he to put on a show. I mean, don't <laughs> overblow it. I mean, like, it, it's no 70-point performance. 49's nice. It's nice. But it's no seventy point performance. It'll happen. It'll happen again. <laughs> Maybe we'll see in the playoffs. That's the great part though, is that like he doesn't even have to score like as much as he used to because they're way more well rounded than before. Like, I mean, back in the yeah, when he had that seventy point game and no one else was on that team that could ever do that. So I mean he had to do that back in the day. But forty nine will do now. <laughs> exactly so just ending off this uh section i just want to give the viewers just a little update on some of our injuries that have gone down recently um i know we got uh paul george and norman powell from the clippers um george is ramping up his rehab ahead of the playoffs so he should be back maybe by the end of the regular season maybe in the playoffs still unknown um, Powell has a foot injury, was able to go through on-court shooting drills this week, um, per ESPN reports. Um, you got James Wiseman from the Warriors Center. This is kind of a downer for the Warriors. They're going to be without um, James Wiseman with a knee injury. He's done for the season. Uh, so that's going to be a big loss for them. They're not. They're going to have to count on Kayvon Looney and Draymond Green to really take over the that position to kind of lead them into the playoffs. Uh, John Collins, Atlanta Hawks, power forward. Uh, Collins received an anti-inflammatory infection for his sprained right um, ring finger Thursday and is scheduled to undergo a non-surgical procedure to address his strained right foot within the next couple days. Um, His status will still be about 5 to 10 days. Um, Adam, do you want to go into some of the rest of the injuries? Yeah, another big one would have to be Ben Simmons. Um, we we don't even know if he's going to be coming back this year, if if he's going to play in the playoffs. I mean, you'd like to see him play a, a little bit this year, just to get a little test run in there. But I mean, it looks like they're they're 
focusing more on just getting him back to 100% than rushing him back with that herniated disc. So we'll see how that goes on with the uh, Ben Simmons situation. And then we also have Lonzo Ball. Um, looks like he's going to take a 10-day break from, from running on a surgically repaired left knee. Um, that's never a good sign when there's a hiccup in the, in the um, recovery process. So we'll see how that goes, plays out. I mean, you'd love to see him back on the Bulls squad and before the playoffs as well. And then you all, we also talked about DeMontis Sabonis, um, likely out for the year. Um, I think 10 days for sure, right? Yep, at least 10, but yeah, he, I don't know. He might just, he might just sit out. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the Kings were smart, I, I'd definitely sit him for the rest of the season. And then lastly, we got um, Malik Beasley and Jeremy Grant. Um, Beasley suffered an ankle injury, um, so – I'd say more day-to-day on that one. And then Jeremy Grant has a calf strain. I'd say also day-to-day on that one. So we should see them at least before the end of the season for sure. So moving on to our next talking point, um, we're going to get into uh, just something that we kind of came up with. We're going to do a little NBA mock draft that – we're going to go through just a simulated uh, kind of picks with uh, um, one through 30 um, picks for the first round and uh, try to piece together some of these teams that might be looking for some upgrades here in the offseason. Um, so starting off, we're going to go with uh, the number one pick uh, is the Houston Rockets. Uh, we're going to start with Matt and who he has for his first pick. Yeah, so if I'm, as of right now, if I'm the Houston Rockets and they get the first pick, I would think I'd have to go with um, Paulo Banchero out of Duke. He's been looking great in the NCAA tournament. Just got him to the Final Four. Um, I think the, the Rockets could really use a for-sure hit rather than somebody like Chet Holmgren. I think he, he could also be a fit there to kind of take your pick between him and Jabari Smith. Um, but I think Paul is probably the most sure bet. He looks really NBA-ready already. And I think he could give them, like, a nice paint presence besides Christian Wood. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Duke fan, so I, I like to see Paolo right there at uh, number one. He's been absolutely killing it in March Madness, too. Uh, moving on to Elite Eight. Um, Duke's doing good in Coach K's oh, yeah. last season. So with the number two pick, I'm going to pick for Orlando Magic. Um, I kind of went back and forth on this selection. Um, but I think I think what Orlando kind of wants is with Wendell Carter probably being their starting center, um, maybe they want to move on from Mobamba. So I have them pick in here Jabari Smith from Auburn, power forward. Uh, Jabari Smith's a pretty good I mean, he can stretch the floor, does what kind of what Orlando wants to do with uh, some of their players. And uh, I, I think he'd be a great fit here and for Orlando at number two. Not, not, not bad, but um, uh, for number three, the Detroit Pistons, 
I, I mean, obviously you got to go with Chet. I mean, I don't think he's going to slide all the way to three, but I mean, we've seen weirder things happen in the draft. So I, I think Chet is a, a lock for a top three draft pick. And I think it would pair very well with uh, Kate Cunningham. Yeah, a combo for years to come. Yep, yep. So number four, Adam's got the oh, number four then, pick as well. Who you got, Adam? Yep. Another uh, underrated player, I think. I don't think uh, a lot of people have them high. Uh, this guy high on their draft board, but Jalen Duran for Memphis. I, I think that would work perfect in OKC. I mean, OKC does not have a good front court. I mean, that's that's. I think that's what they need more than anything, and I think Jalen Duran would would fill that role phenomenally for OKC. Yeah, they they OKC kind of needs a center too. They need a big man. They've been kind of missing that ever since they got rid of uh, Adams. Um, at number five, uh, we got Indiana Pacers on the clock. Um, this one might be a little bit of a stretch that I got plugged in here. I got Keegan Murray out of Iowa. Um, Indiana's pretty stacked with point guards and shooting guards. They got Buddy Heel that sometimes they play at the three. I think, you know, Keegan Murray right next to Miles Turner, um, I think is a good fit. Yeah, I think I could see that working out. Um, yep, I do, I do like yeah. that. I was going to say, then again, um, Indiana does have a lot of young power forward uh, prospects and um, Jalen Smith and uh, Isaiah Jackson. So, I mean, we we could see someone different at the number five spot, but um, I, I don't think Keegan Murray is too far-fetched. I'm, he is a great player. Yeah. They also have the Gogo Mobile. <laughs> um, moving forward, the Sacramento Kings with the sixth pick as right the now. Sacramento. Um, <laughs> I think uh, – a good pick for them here in this spot could be um, taking Jaden Ivy out of Purdue. I think he could be a, uh, depending on what they do with Fox. If I mean, if Fox stays, then they might want to look somewhere else. But I could see them moving on from Fox this summer. Um, yeah, going with a, a completely young backcourt of Ivy and Mitchell. I think that'd be a good combo, and then they'd get good compensation out of Fox that could fix some other holes on that roster of theirs. Yeah. I mean, Jay, I think Jaden Ivey is, um, I'd, I'd see him as a, the best point guard in this draft. So I, I, I don't, yeah, I could see him going top five for sure. Or top six. Yeah. Jaden Ivey's a good point guard. I mean, would kind of fill in that, uh, Halbert role after they just traded him. So, I mean, Get another point guard with yeah. with Fox would uh, be a good pairing for sure. Matt, you got number seven with uh, Portland. Yep. Then with uh, Portland on the clock, uh, I think that I could see them going in the way of Matherin out of um, the University of Arizona. He's a shooting guard slash small forward. He's six foot seven. I think um, he would fit in nicely with this. Um, with this Portland team, whether they want to go young or compete now, I think he's kind of got a NBA ready body already. If they want to compete with Dame Dalla, or if they decide that they move want to move on from him, they could 
slip him into the two and have hard at the three still. And then Simon's playing point. Yeah, he's a, he's also a captain on Arizona. I know they didn't have the March Madness run they wanted, but Matherin was by far their best player on yeah. Arizona. So, And he's been a captain and, you know, really shown some leadership with that team. I know a lot of the players on the Arizona squad really credit him to helping them out with uh, everything that he's done for them in, in this college season. I think they went 33-3 and in the regular season, so... Good year for Arizona. Yeah, and the NCAA tournament too is like, and you can still be a good NBA player even if you get bounced early. With the number eight pick, uh, San Antonio is on the clock. Uh, I have them going with a kind of surprise pick, just one of my favorite players from Baylor. Uh, I got to go with Jeremy Soshan. Um, I think San Antonio kind of needs. Uh, some big men just to go with uh, Dejounte Murray. Uh, they've been really struggling in in that area of of play with their big men. Um, so I think he would fit kind of that San Antonio mold of just playing hard, scrappy. You know, getting into every play, loose balls. Um, so I think this is a great fit for them. Yeah, no, not a bad pick. Yeah, I can San see that Antonio. being a great fit for them too. He's kind of a Swiss, Swiss Army knife big. And at number nine, we have uh, the Trailblazers again. Um, it's it's a little it's a little tough pick for the Trailblazers. You don't really know what they're gonna they're gonna do, especially in the top ten. So we're gonna take a quick break. Um, after the break, we're gonna get into our ten through thirty picks. We're gonna skim right through that, and after that, we'll get on to. Uh, some of our coach of the year candidates and power rankings. Welcome back guys. Um, I think we ended off at pick number nine. Um, So with pick number nine, Adam, if you want to lead us off. Yeah. For the, Portland Trailblazers, I have another Duke prospect in A.J. Griffin. I know they have Josh Hart, but um, I think A.J. Griffin is going to be a, a great contributing factor for that team. I, and I don't know if, if they're going to keep Josh Hart or not. So I think this will be a uh, precautionary pick for the, the Blazers here. Yeah. And then um, pick number 10. Adam, you got pick number 10 as well with Washington. Yeah, for for pick number ten, Washington. I ironically I got Ty Ty Washington Jr. <laughs> I think uh, that would be pretty funny to see if, uh, if the Wizards uh, picked up Washington Jr. And I, he's a great prospect as well. Um, they are in need of a point guard, so I think that would be a great pick for them. Yeah, I mean it might be a little bit too high up on that. Uh, at number 10, but it's a good pick. Uh, for the rest of these, 11 through 30, we're going to kind of skim through um, just who uh, some of these teams are going to choose, possibly. Um, so with pick number 11, I got uh, Memphis Grizzlies on the clock. I got them picking Oche Agbaji out of Kansas. He's a small forward. Uh, can add a lot of versatility to that team. And going into uh, number 12, I got 
The New York Knicks taking Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. Nice point guard presence that the New York Knicks need. Um, then following that, their nemesis, the Hawks, on the clock. Taking Mark Williams from Duke as a potential Clint Capella replacement should they move on from him. Yep, and then at 14, Charlotte is on the clock. Uh, I got them taking Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky, shooting guard. Um, Charlotte doesn't really need another guard, but um, depth can be uh, a great for great presence for this team. And it was uh, number 15, OKC. I have uh, Tari Eason for, at LSU, small forward. And number 16, Houston Rockets. Uh, I have them picking Kendall Brown. From Baylor, Sam, or small forward. At number 17, San, San Antonio Spurs are on the clock via the Toronto pick. Um, they're going to take Walker Kessler, uh, center out of Auburn, add a little bit more paint presence for San Antonio. Number 18, the T-Wolves get Potentially their DeAndre Ayton answer and Christian Coloco also out of Arizona. And then going to number 19, the Pacers using the Cleveland pick take Malachi Branham out of Ohio State. Kind of like a young Karis LeVert, maybe. I like that uh, Coloco DeAndre Ayton replacement. Little shot you threw at him. <laughs> Uh, at number 20, we got Chicago Bulls on the clock. I have them taken a little bit. Uh, he might fall in the dra- draft, but I like him as a prospect. I believe he's a junior. Uh, EJ Liddell, power forward out of Ohio State University. Yeah, and then at number 21, Denver Nuggets. I have them picking Dyson Daniels from the G League shooting guard. And then at 22, we got Memphis, and I have him picking Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee point guard. Another great point guard. At 23, we got the Dallas Mavericks on the clock. I have them taking a center out of Paris in BetClick Elite and Ismail Kamagadi. Uh, number 24, we got the San Antonio Spurs back on the clock, and and then picking Jaden Hardy out of the G League Unite team, a shooting guard. Maybe give him a better shooting guard than what they currently have. Then number 25, I got Milwaukee Bucks taking Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame, a point guard, new backup point guard that isn't 40 years old. Right. I like the Blake Wesley pick. Great shooter as well. Adam, who you got at 27? So the 27th pick, we have Miami, and I have him picking Patrick Baldwin Jr. out of Milwaukee. Might be a little bit of a surprising pick, but um, I think he's a great prospect that Miami could look at. And then uh, we got at number 28, Golden State Warriors. Um, not Nikola Jokic, but Nikola Jovic out of Mega Mozart. Um, 
six ten prospect. Um, I don't think that would be a bad pro- bad pick for the Warriors right there. Yeah, I mean he kind of slipped in this in this mock draft, but I'm sure he'll be a little bit higher later. Um, with the 29th pick, uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, on the clock once again with their third pick of the first round. I have them taking center out of Kentucky, Oscar Toshibwe. With the 30th pick in the first round, Oklahoma City will pick Marion Beauchamp out of the G League Ignite. And another young prospect to the Oklahoma City Thunder to play along with Shea. So that wraps up our mock draft. Um, send us an uh, email at shotside at gmail.com if you have any uh, any questions about our first mock draft. Um, we'll definitely do another mock draft in the future, um, so stay tuned for that. With that being said... So let's just get into some of our top coach of the year candidates and who we think uh, would be a leader in that in that award category. Um, just some of the top candidates uh, leading the way: Monty Williams, Eric Spolstra, Taylor Jenkins, J.B. Bickerstaff, May Adoko, Billy Donovan, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, Michael Malone, Quinn Snyder, and Chris Finch. Um, I'm going to start off with mine. Um, I think this team in Memphis has really shown what they can do in the West. Um, I got Taylor Jenkins, um, 51 and 23 record uh, currently. Uh, Just last year, the Grizzlies won the play-in game um, against the Warriors and then lost to Utah in five games. Uh, With a big jump in records and holding the number two seed in the West, I think Taylor Jenkins is definitely my leading candidate for the award. Adam, who you got? Yeah, Taylor Jenkins is... uh phenomenal choice um he would be my number two pick but um i have monty williams at my number one spot solely because if you look at the sun's record and how they're playing especially the past two years monty williams has put this team together perfectly um he's 137 wins um and 73 losses since being hired on the suns and this year i think he's 60 and 14 uh a pretty decent jump from last year from 51 and 21 so i i think he's the uh the go-to choice for the coach of the year can um trophy here yeah matt who do you got yeah can't can't go wrong with either of those but for me, it's going to have to be uh, Ime Yadoka from the Celtics. I think, I mean, at first there was some early concerns when they were struggling early in the first couple months of the season, but he really turned the ship around, and now they're looking like the team to maybe beat in the East, um, if not just one of the top teams in the East. Um, they've been doing really good on defense, one of the best defensive teams in the league right now and they just move the ball really well and are efficient on offense right i think they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs for anybody yeah so matt's got the number one seed in the east with boston adam's got the number one seed in the west with the suns i got the number two seed in the west with uh grizzlies for coach of the year award 
Um, all three of those candidates are great, um, just uh, great uh, coaches when it comes to uh, this award that should be credited with some sort of award in the future. Moving on, I want to get into just a quick summary of our NBA Power Rankings, which you can find on our Twitter page, our Facebook page. Um, we'll be posting those out before the podcast comes out. So it, once it comes out, feel free to check them out. Um, I just have a couple little updates in mine. I got Memphis moving up to number two. Uh, I think they've really deserved that number two spot now after you know all they all the work they've done with Ja Morant off the court well on the court uh you know you got Jaron Jackson Jr who's my defensive uh player of the year leading candidates they're doing well i got Milwaukee jumping up to number 3 uh Giannis is really carrying them i think they're dropping a little in the standings just due to injury i don't know if it's uh if they're really injured or if they're just trying to not play Brooklyn like we said earlier um I got Miami Heat falling a little bit. We talked about some of their struggles that have gone on uh, recently. Chicago's dropped a little for me. Utah's dropped. Um, I got the Pels coming up a little bit in my standings, up to 20. I think the Pels, you know, they've been playing a lot better with uh, acquiring CJ McCollum. I know they just got Brandon Ingram back. I know that's going to help out you, Matt, in uh, fantasy for sure. So, yep. They just tossed the Lakers in hell, too. You don't got to rub that in. You really don't. <laughs> but uh, those are just some of my um, changes that I've made. Um, anything that you guys have seen? Let's start off with Matt. Uh, mine pretty much stays the same. I think the obviously Suns at one. I think at this point you can maybe move the Bucks down to like four or five give or take what depending on what you want just because they're not as hot as some other teams right now maybe move the celtics and the nets up um can move the warriors down since steph isn't back right now and they've struggled as of late but i think pretty much it stands pat for the most part you get the blazers down at the bottom holding things down worst team in the league just because nobody's playing for them um, they are basically a G League roster right now. Still got a better record than at least four yeah, or five yeah. teams, though. Yeah, I mean, just like currently, they're the they're basically the G League Blazers right now. I agree with that. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, I, I'd have to Adam. say um, my my biggest jumps. I mean, pretty much everything stayed. Um, generally the same. Um, I have the Warriors dropping from three to all the way to six, and then I have the Celtics going up a little bit um, at um, five, right below the uh, the Bucks. And then I think the the biggest one would have to be the Pelicans. I have them all the way up uh, from twenty two to eighteen. Uh, they're definitely making that playoff push, beating the uh, the Lakers. All right, tonight, I think so. you're you, you're putting this a little bit out of proportion. Personally, personally, I think you are. They got Brandon Ingram they just coming back. The Lakers. I mean, if... no, I get that. Like, but I I think once AD comes back, it's a different story. And I just don't like the defensive uh, prowess that 
the Pelicans have really put on this whole season. Is AD coming back? Is Zion coming back? Probably not. AD's coming back is what I've what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they, if they make the playoffs. I mean, they should. They're still a game above San Antonio, so they slipped the 10 seed. Um, I think they play San Antonio at least one more time, so if they lose that game, yeah, I think it's time to worry in L.A. Yeah. I mean, spe- speaking of Zion, though, did you see uh, Zion throwing down a through-the-legs dunk? Yeah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> the other day. Jumped so hard that the the floor was shaking. Yeah, I mean, I I think I can speak for all of us and say that it'd be a lot better if we could see some more Zion Williamson action. I want to see him in a game. Like I hate seeing oh, yeah. all these these YouTube clips, these you know Twitter clips of Zion Duncan or you know he's making progress. Zion at yeah. church. <laughs> Zion at church. Yeah, he's hanging. <laughs> I want I want to see Zion in the playing game hanging a forty and twenty on AD. Yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to see Zion at the mall. You know, I want to see him on NBA. You know, <laughs> on NBA TV. I want to see him playing. Exactly. I want to see him on that new watch party. Right, right. God, I can't wait. We should we should get start that up. NBA watch party on NBA League Pass. We should coming to you soon. You think? You're welcome, NBA, for the plug. <laughs> hey, maybe in the future, little uh, little sponsor, maybe hook us up, NBA. On to our number five section of the day. Uh, we're just going to shout out our play of the week, like we've done in our past two episodes. Um, just some of our notable ones that we want to throw out there. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Darius Garland, and RJ Barrett. All of those players played exceptionally well in the last seven days. Um, let's get right into some of our top players of the week. I'm going to start off, um, Kevin Durant. Durant has been absolutely carrying the nets heading into the playoffs with, you know, 36.7 points per game on 38 minutes a game, 8.7 rebounds, 7.3 assists, one steal and block on 5.7 turnovers. Um, now that Kevin will get Kyrie back, as we talked about earlier, um, for home games as well, uh, besides playing in Toronto if they play Toronto, uh, because Kyrie still can't play in Canada with uh, the, the restrictions they have in Canada. Uh, it just makes this team much scarier to have to deal with two elite scores. Uh, Durant is by far the most unguardable player in the NBA right now. Uh, and he's been his entire career from any place on the court. And as shown recently, if you come with double teams or try to trap him, he's shown that you know he can be a playmaker as well with the 7.3 assists in the last seven games. Um, so definitely the Nets have been pretty awful this year when it comes to defense. Um, But I don't think that's the case for Durant. I mean, with his length and versatility, uh, 
he's shown that he can play really good defense in the playoffs. He showed that against Milwaukee. I know they lost last year, but um, it's going to be a key part going forward to have Durant be kind of the power forward center in crunch time situations. Um, so, Matt, yeah, who's your uh, player of the week? You know, I would still have to go with Jason Tatum. I think even though he went last week, um, yeah, the Celtics have just been on a tear. They've won six straight, and I think the leader of that win streak is, and their team in general is Tatum. I think he's been averaging um, 31 points a game, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, he's basically been doing it all. I mean – the numbers might not be as gaudy as some others, but as long as they're putting wins on the board, I think that's what matters the most. So, great pick, even though it's you know the same pick as last week. But <laughs> I do you know how? Or the mine? Mine was t- mine was, oh, was it? last week. Oh, I think I had Tatum. Yeah, that's right. I was I was saying he yep. won it last yep, week. Yep, he did. Didn't he? You know how how bad I wanted to pick LeBron too in this situation with the with the numbers he's put up. It's I mean thirty seven a game, yeah. nine rebounds, eight assists, one block, and only basically two and a half turnovers. I mean, I wanted to pick him. I yeah, that, that's so what's nice. That's what's nice about Tatum is that his lead to W is not okay. else. I'm gonna dis- disregard that completely. Who who has a better team though? Like literally, who has a better team? Boston or LA? Boston by far has a better team. Like, Le- yeah. Well, I mean, they don't keep Tatum in when they're up by twenty points at the end of the game just to get some numbers. Dude, Lakers wouldn't even be in playoff contention if LeBron was not playing for them. They'd be totally out of it. They'd be searching for that top five seed. I think yeah. Oh yeah, that. Oh, right now it's just LeBron. I mean, if you. Yeah, I mean that's the narrative he wants you to think. But I mean, if you consider that the the Clippers haven't had Paul George or Kawhi, and they have more wins, pretty pretty embarrassing. I mean, you bring up two player. Uh, you bring up Kawhi, who hasn't basically played in a year and a half. You bring up Paul George, who basically got injured at the, you know, after a month into the season. LeBron's been in this thick of the fold the entire year, had AD out pretty much for over half the season. So I don't know what what the comparison is. No, I'm saying that they should be ahead of the Clippers. I mean, they have two former MVPs on their team, like. There's no reason why a Reggie Jackson-led team should be higher than... Well, I mean, Clippers have a lot of good role players, though, compared to the Lakers. I mean, you can't you can't deny that Clippers don't have a lot of good role players with, you know, Robert Covington, who they just got, Norman Powell. I know he's been out with injury. Um, I could go on and on about role players with Clippers. That's that's why they're going to be such a good team once Kawhi and Paul George come back. They also, they also have the coach that the Lakers should have had. Yeah, LeBron tried his best. Yeah, I won't blame LeBron for that. Anyways, Adam, who do you got for your player of the week? I know you've been waiting all day for this. I know. I have been. I really have been. 
Right, so last week I had Jason Tatum. This week, obviously, you know, I mean, from the week that, that Devin Booker has had, I, I got to give it to him. I mean, he stepped up like a superstar. I mean, even without Shocker. Chris Paul, he's, he's looked like, he's, you know, what Devin Booker should be like. Um, with that 49-point outing, 10 assists, and I think the – the pa- over the past three games, he's been averaging 36 points, 7.5 assists, 1.6 steals, all while, while shooting 50, over 50% from the field, which is exactly what you want out of a superstar. I mean, he's been working both sides of the court. I mean, especially with those those steals on the defensive side. So I, I got to give it to my boy D-Book. Yeah, I think the key stat in that is not only his points, which we always highlight when it comes to Devin Booker, but just his assist numbers. I know you mentioned 10 assists. What was it, about seven assists in the last seven games? So, I mean, coming from Devin Booker, who when he first came in the league was not known for distributing the ball and getting his players open looks, he's really kind of matured into that kind of role and I think Chris Paul has had a lot to do with him kind of evolving into this you know new bright player that we didn't really see besides his scoring output so I really like to see that at Devin Booker oh no yeah he's, he's definitely he's definitely becoming the leader that the Suns need yeah so moving on I just want to get into uh, just re- just before our lightning round, our game show. Um, I want to get into some of the upcoming schedules uh, this next week, from March twenty first to March twenty seventh, uh, to keep an eye out for all of our fans, all of our listeners. Um, we're just going to go through just one for each day. Uh, you can check out our full um, schedule that we like coming up on our Twitter and Facebook. Um, starting off with Monday, I like on Monday, the Warriors and Grizzlies game at seven o'clock on NBA TV. Uh, Warriors have been dealing with some injuries. Grizzlies dealing with some injuries with Ja. So I think this is a great game for both of those teams to kind of test out the waters of what a playoff game is going to be like between these two teams. Um, on Tuesday, Tuesday, we got uh, a couple games that I like. 6.30, Lakers, Mavericks on TNT. Uh, We're going to get to see what LeBron and and Luka look playing against each other. Uh, Might see this in the playoffs as well. Um, So that's a good game to watch. At 6 o'clock on Tuesday as well, you got Bucks Sixers, which I think is the best game on Tuesday if you want to watch the game. Bucks Sixers will be... It could be a possible, you know, Eastern Conference Finals look on NBA League Pass. Um, hopefully, everybody plays on that on that game. But I could see some people, some players, sitting out for that game for sure. Um, Matt, do you have some games on Wednesday and Thursday that you kind of want to keep an eye out for? Yeah, looking ahead to Wednesday, um, big potential big game could be the. Heat and Celtics um, battle for who doesn't want to play the Nets. Love it. Um, that's on ESPN, so that should be a game worth looking out for. And then 
uh, the late game on ESPN that is uh, Suns-Warriors, which is also could be a playoff-like game, although without Steph, I don't know how close it'll be. Um, then looking ahead to Thursday, we got the Bucks and Nets going head-to-head against each other. That could be a good one if everybody plays. Um, I think that might be... Kyrie's first home game, too, if I'm not mistaken. Unless he played today at home. Or did he play today at home? Um, Here, let me just... Actually, he played today at home. Yeah. But I think... Second game. But it's still a big game, nonetheless. No, this will be his first kind of premier game. I'm not not counting the Heat game, because the Heat are on, you know, a struggle bus right now. I think they played the Hornets at home. So Today and they yeah, lost, they lost, but. but I'm not, I think, and then they play the Pistons next. And then I think this is by far the best game though, from Kyrie, uh, against the bucks that we're going to see. Yeah. This, I mean, potential, potential playoff match at Pierre. Right. Um, if the bucks can make it that far, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, um, that should be a good one. And then, Cavs, Hawks may be a good one, but I guess it depends on. You know, they could see each other in the playoffs soon, maybe. Probably not, though. Yeah, dealing with some injuries, though, in that game as well. Yeah, what do you guys think for Friday and the weekend's games? Adam, you roll it off. Uh, for Friday, I've got um, one of the key games I, I would love to see is the uh, Timberwolves uh, at Nuggets. See the, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves win. Oh, we all want it. We all want the Timberwolves to beat the, the Nuggets. Um, so that's going to be a huge game, especially. I mean, honestly, for both teams, but especially for the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are going to really need that game. And then we have on on Sunday. I think we have a good um, matchup against the Heat and Raptors. Um, a struggling Heat right now. Um, hopefully they can bounce back and get some wins here, but. They're gonna need. They're gonna need to win some key matchups here in the last couple weeks here. Yeah. So those those are just some of our um, some of our uh, weekly picks for games of the week. Um, again, just like I said, you can check out some of that on our Twitter and Facebook for a full detail of our Monday through Sunday look uh, ahead of the. Uh, would be the second to last, third to last week of the NBA. So check that out. All right, we are heading into our lightning round. So I know you guys are going to love this. You guys played well last week. Um, I think you guys went 4 of 4 on questions. So uh, I got to do a little bit better on my questions. Hopefully I did a little bit better this week. Um, but uh, so it's basically just multiple choice questions on on things having to do with our second topic of the day, dealing with uh, coach of the year candidates. Um, just like last week, it's going to be the winner gets five dollars for prize picks or uh, to bet on players um, with any sort of app that you guys have. Um, and then unlike last week, the biggest loser has to post a tweet about their favorite player or least favorite player and give them two compliments on their game. So I just want to start off, who are your guys' uh, least favorite players? I'm going to start off with Adam. 
say it. Say LeBron it. James. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it to you, Alex. I know he's your favorite player, but you gotta say LeBron. Let me know how you guys liked uh, seeing Adam in that uh, Lakers jersey, that LeBron jersey. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Matt, who who's your least favorite player? Um, yeah, I I have to go with maybe like LeBron James. <laughs> no. I don't really have a Easy. least favorite player, but um, here we go. I don't know. Maybe LeBron. God. Just for our fans out there, I can't believe you, he's you know actually so, so much. somebody that I, I'm actually starting to not like as much though is Embiid for being a foul merchant when he weighs 300 pounds Ooh. and is seven foot. All right, we got a different answer here. We got LeBron with Adam. Matt with Embiid. He's a hell of a player. Just I like a virgin. <laughs> No, I like your uh, explanation behind it. That was good. So with uh, the first question, let's get right into it, guys. Um, first question. In the 2002-2003 season, the Coach of the Year award was split between Hubie Brown of the Memphis Grizzlies and this prominent San Antonio Spurs coach. Who was it? Was it A, Bob Hill, B, Greg Popovich, C, John Lucas II, or D, Larry Brown? By the way, guys, uh, the questions will get harder the lower we go in the round. Um, starting off a little easy. I'm going to start off with Matt. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I'm going to have to say B, Greg Popovich. Adam? Yeah, I mean, that's the only San Antonio Spurs coach I am aware of. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up. I'm going to switch it up just because last last time we picked the same answers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out a guess right here, and I'm going to go with Larry Brown. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Adam, I... Thought I had you. I, I gave you the opportunity. I said that they would get harder, and this is a prominent San Antonio Spurs coach. But Matt is right. It is B. Greg Popovich. Pop started <laughs> coaching. Pop started coaching for the Spurs in the nineteen ninety six season for the Spurs, and is currently the leader for most wins as a coach in the NBA history. He's won the Coach of the Year Award three times in his career, starting in 2003 and also in 2012 and 14. The Spurs went 60-22 and 22 in the regular season and won their second title as a franchise, being the New Jersey Nets. Um, Brown, who tied the award that year, coached the Memphis Grizzlies and took them to a 28-41 record, which is the most record or the worst record a coach of the year has won to date. So at that point, we are one for Matt and zero for Adam. Question number two. Who won the Coach of the Year Award in the 2009-2010 season? Was it A, Scott Brooks, B, Tom Thibodeau, C, Mike Brown, or D, Rick Carlisle? 
Adam, let's start with you. You know, I'm not too familiar with the Coach of the Year award, so um, I'm going to go with, again, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Final answer, C. All right. Different, different Brown this time. Instead of Larry Brown, it's Mike Brown. All right. C, Mike Brown for Adam. Matt, who you got? Um, I'm going to have to... I might have to agree with him here. This, I think... Wasn't he like... This might have been like LeBron's year with the Cavs. So I'm going to go with Mike Brown as well. All right. He's you guys are both going with party. C, Mike Brown. <laughs> coming home party. You guys are unfortunately both wrong. It is actually A, Scott Brooks. With a fifth with a fifty and thirty-two record, the Thunder made it to the postseason for the first time in five years behind Kevin Durant in his third year, Russell Westbrook in his second, and rookie James Harden. OKC lost first round of the Western Conference four to two against the LA Lakers, led by Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol, who went on to beat this Boston Celtics four to three in the NBA Finals. I'm surprised you guys didn't know that one. Scotty Brooks. Yeah, uh, that was actually going to be my last pick. <laughs> Got to give him credit. I was thinking it could have been Carlisle, too, but I wasn't sure what year they won. I think it was like 06 or 07. Yep, it was 06 and 07. Mike Brown, I believe, was the year after with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, okay. In 2011. And that was when he came back, right? Yeah, yep, correct. All righty. So we are still at one mat, zero Adam. Question number three. Greg Popovich and Pat Riley have won the Coach of the Year Award three times in their illustrious careers. Who is the only coach, only other coach, to have done this as well? Is it A, Mike D'Antonio, B, Phil Jackson, C, Tom Thibodeau, or D, Don Nelson? Start with Matt. Uh, hmm. I feel like you're trying to trick me. Uh, I'll probably no, not go at with all. Phil Jackson. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like the most likely, but I'll go Phil Jackson B. Adam? Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, that was going to be my answer. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to copy your answer here. So what? Um, Mike D'Antoni? No, I don't see that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Don Nelson, the the oldie guy. Final answer. Final answer D. Wow, great answer by Adam. I mean, it is D. Don Nelson. Uh, little bit of a little history. Uh, question for you guys. I figured you guys wouldn't really know much about Don Nelson just because he was uh, early on, but Nelson is second in career wins behind Greg Popovich, coaching the Bucks from 1976 to 87, 1988 to 95 with the Warriors, coached the Knicks with, from 1995 to 96, also coached the uh, Mavericks in 1997 and 2005, and the Warriors once again from 2006 to 2010. 
He won the award three times for the first uh, one that came in 1983 and once again in 1985 with the Bucks, And his last one came in 1992 season with the Warriors. Just a quick uh, history lesson for you guys. Nice, nice. Yeah, I did, definitely did not know that one. <laughs> big, uh, big pickup from Adam. Ties it up at 1-1. Last question. Question number four. Who was the only person to be named Coach of the Year and Executive of the Year? Was it A, Jerry West, B, Pat Riley, C, Danny Ainge, or D, Larry Bird? Start off with Adam. All right. Um, well, I know Jerry West has won the Executive of the Year award. I don't know if he's coached, but I think the obvious answer right here would have to be Pat Riley B, final answer. Matt? Um, yeah, actually, I'd have to agree on that because I think he – He's the only one I know for sure, Coach, so I'm just going to go with that one, too, because I'm not sure if the other two coached or not. Okay. So I'll go B. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, you're both wrong. <laughs> okay. It is not Pat Riley. I'm going to let you guys guess again, <laughs> okay. but you have to take different answers. Well, then who gets to go first? Adam goes first again. Okay. You know what? I should have went with my gut instinct, and I'm going to go with Jerry West. Jerry West. Matt, your pick. Um, who are they? Daryl Morey and Larry Bird. Or... Jerry West was A. C was Danny, Danny Ainge, Ainge. And B was Larry Bird. I don't know if Danny Ainge or Larry Bird coached or Jerry West, but... Um... I'll just, uh, I know Danny Ainge won executive there, so I'll go with him. Let's see. I I really tried. I really tried to give you guys, you know, a second guess at this, and you guys couldn't even guess him. It is actually D. Larry Bird. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the 1997-98 year, Larry Bird told Indiana, he would only accept a coaching job for no more than three years. He won Coach of the Year in the first year, and in 2000, ended his coaching stint. In 2003, Indiana hired him on as the president of basketball operations. After the 2011-2012 NBA season, Bird was named NBA Executive of the Year, becoming the only man in NBA history to win the NBA MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. Wow. Yeah, I, not a clue. <laughs> All right. So you guys are tied at one and one again, tied for the second week straight. We're going to have to go to some, some extra content, some extra bonus questions. I'm going to go just like last time. I'm going to do some coach of the year candidates. Um, so give me a second. We're going to look up. Coach of the Year awards. I'm definitely more knowledgeable on players than coaches. <laughs> All right. We'll start off a little bit simple, but um, do you guys know who the Coach of the Year was last year? Start off with Matt. 
2021 coach of the year last year i do it oh my god <laughs> before you even ask the question i was going to say is the answer going to be tom Thibodeau? because i know that, that he won it last year with the knicks that's too easy it's got to be harder you can't say that. Then Adam's gonna know. Yeah, but all that's right, such an well, easy one. That was last year. All right, all right, all right. Well, I'll give you guys a little bit of a harder one. And then the Jazz Who coach won, won the year before, I think. No, it was actually Nick Nurse, Toronto oh, Raptors. And then Mike Budenholzer, Dwayne Casey, okay. Mike D'Antonio. Who won it before Mike D'Antonio in 2016? Coach of the year. Sorry for that. What team? Do I have to say what team? I think that helps too much. Okay, fine. What was it, you said 2015? Do you, I can... Okay, so in 2016, he coached the Warriors. I think that would give it away too much. I'll give you the team, but it's going oh, to be it a Steve later Kerr? date. It's Steve. <laughs> Give us like a 2000s one or something. Then I, I probably don't know. Then it would be like just like who, guessing. Who won the coach of the year for the Phoenix Suns in 2005? Start off with Matt. The Phoenix Suns. Did, did Steve Nash ever coach? I don't believe so, no. Uh, nah, see, I have no idea. Is that your final answer? I don't, I don't have any guess. I don't know. Adam, do you know this one? I, I 100% know this one. Just because I'm a Phoenix Sands fan. Used to be on Steve Nash's coaching staff in Brooklyn. Oh, trust me. I know. On his coaching staff? This guy is uh, Mike D'Antoni. I remember this very clearly. That is correct. Tough loss for Matt. He's Tough. You picked, that. You picked Adam's the last favorite round. team. Oh, it's 2005. You said a 2000s team, and I gave you a 2000s yeah, team. Yeah, not Adam's favorite team. <laughs> I don't care. Well, maybe it is a little rigged. Maybe I just can't have Adam losing twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new conspiracy theory. The show's yeah, right. I can't be wearing LeBron's jersey again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so if uh, if any of our fans, any of our listeners, uh, have any questions they want us uh, to answer in the podcast coming up in our next couple episodes, feel free to send us some current uh, current NBA knowledge news that you want us to talk about. Um, I just want to say thank you to Adam and Matt just for joining the podcast today. Uh, giving your guys' NBA takes. You guys, I mean, I love your guys' intakes on, Matt had a lot of good ones on on the Boston Celtics and their uprising with Jason Tatum. Uh, Adam's a big Phoenix Suns fan, like we've been saying. You know, he loves his Devin Booker, loves his Chris Paul, loves what they're doing there in Phoenix. So I just want to thank you guys so much for, for giving your guys' intakes on the NBA currently. Um, leave a like. Uh, like if you enjoyed the content and stay tuned for hopefully some new YouTube videos coming up. Uh, again, check out our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels at Shots Aside. 
um, feel free to send us an email too. Like I said before, at shotside at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, or anything you might want to talk about in our next episode. Thank you all for listening to the Shotside Podcast. And until next time, peace. 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 Thank you.